with everything crazy going on in the world right now, I mean, there's a lot of stuff swirling around and a lot of fear out there, which is keeping a lot of people at home. There's never been a better time to say, oh my gosh, I need to be able to sell products online or I need to at least be able to serve up products online so people can do a lot of research and get to know what we have to offer. It's true because if with this coronavirus stuff, people are staying home more, I think, and they don't want to be in big public spaces. So um, now is the time if you, well, it's a good example of if you don't have a website that can transact, um, it is a definite um, opportunity for you. And the good news is if you're a nationwide member, Kinsley, they have great solutions. So they have a group uh, site on time that can do really big custom work, or they have another group that um, is terrific at um, doing stuff more mainstream or off the shelf, either way, some more cost effective, either way, they have terrific solutions for people. Um, not just the ability to build something for you, but also the ability to plug a product in. So a lot of the marketing assets, the training materials, everything you need, Nationwide can do it. I think they're the all-in-one, Kinsley. And I've actually taken a peek at, just to get behind the, the curtain and see uh, a lot of the different retailers who have taken advantage of the, those services and have worked with the team at a professional capacity to develop a website. And the websites are really, really good. Well done. They've got great content on there, great offers. The functionality is really good. The user experience is nice. The speed is, is incredible. And so I'm very impressed with the group that helps Nationwide members get to that place. And, and, and the sad fact is, when we were at Nationwide Primetime uh, back uh, giving our speech in February, we heard that they had some members' businesses that closed in the past year. And I think the stat was something like 90% of those didn't have a website. So we know it's critical. We know that ship has already sailed. So if you're having trouble with that or if you need assistance, definitely get in touch with your folks from Nationwide. You can go to nationwidegroup.org to learn more. And you know, I, before you leave that, um, good friends of mine, uh, Spink & Co. customers, Great American Home Store out of Memphis, just had Nationwide build a new version of their website, and they rocked it out beautifully done. And uh, they said that uh, Nationwide did a really great job for them. So there's a good testimonial. Yeah, check them out. Uh, you were telling me also that uh, there's some cool stuff going on at Pure Care with the ability to customize product and uh dig in and, and find some some cool ways to present, you know, complimentary programs for those in the mattress business. Yeah, well, you know, so I've never been necessarily a customer of Pure Care, but I had this idea. And so I called Sean and Sarah and I said, hey, I have this idea. So we got on the phone Friday and they're so fun to work with because we sat there and we um, just kind of brainstormed about some of the thoughts that I had. And I have to tell you, their ability to not only ask great questions, but you know, listen very well to what I was trying to accomplish. And then they were thinking through how they would do it on their end. The creative process was awesome. Uh, their willingness to help. I mean, you could just tell there's people that try to sell you stuff and there's other people that really try to serve your need and help you figure something out. Totally where they're coming from. And I just loved it. So I thought just having that firsthand experience with Sean and Sarah really brainstormed with me around what I wanted to do from a business perspective. And I know they've done that with some retailers out there. So uh, I don't know, firsthand experience of that, I was really, really impressed with them. Well, and also I've been getting phone calls, just just fielded one this past week uh, from some friends of mine in the retail space. And they said, hey, I've been hearing you guys talk about Pure Care. I need a contact. Things have changed for me. Um, the level of service has been adjusted, what they're facing from a competitive standpoint. 
uh, has shifted. And so got them synced up with some good folks from Pure Care. And it's, but cool, it's really cool to hear about uh, the development process because I know that uh, the Bergmans are amazing at that and their whole team is. And if you want to find out more, go to purecare.com. And you know, one last piece on that, Kinsley, people talk about moving because of what we're going to talk about next, which is the coronavirus. People talk about moving manufacturing to the United States. The Pure Care team just brought a massive pillow line to the United States. So they're able to make pillows right here in this country. And so that's a big thing. So they can domestically supply retailers out there. So anyway, check them out, purecare.com. Dos Marcos Podcast. It's the greatest mattress industry podcast on the planet. Wait, isn't this the only mattress industry podcast? He's Mark Kensley. I truly felt bad for you at the time. He's Mark Quinn. I think Bigfoot was actually very pleasant. Together, they are Dos Marcos. Big news coming out of ISPA, which is the International Sleep Products Association. They canceled their expo. This happens only every two years. And of course, it's an international event. So you have people coming in from all over the world. And concerns about the coronavirus have led to a decreased projected attendance. And that decrease in attendance caused ISPA to say, we're going to actually cancel the event, which would have had about 4,000 people from all over the United States and the world together in New Orleans for this big clearinghouse of everything componentry related to, to the mattress industry and beyond. And so it's, it's huge news. And, and um, what, what's your take on this, Quinn? I mean, you, you look at cruise ships being quarantined offshore in San Francisco, and I think just getting into port in Oakland recently, you have um, student groups that have come back in from Italy that have been quarantined. What, what's your take on, on how this is impacting our industry and, and just the world in general? Well, so start with the stock market. Um, it fell another 2,000 points at the opening on Monday. Uh, so that's, that's a, a, an easy indicator. Now, you haven't lost any money. That's true if you haven't sold any of your equity. So, you know, it's just a, it's a long game, not a short game. But it has created a lot of opportunities because there's a lot of stocks that are down that people are looking at. You and I were talking about investments we're looking at. So I think people are seeing it as an opportunity. So that's one, the stock market's been down. But the other part is, um, we talked about it earlier, people not shopping. You know, they're not getting out. ISPA is one event, but I'm looking right now, LA Times is reporting South by Southwest has been canceled uh, and so many other events. And so you keep hearing that. And if you're not traveling, so there's airfares, right? Hotels are gonna be down. I think the economic impact to us is gonna be great. Kind of the same stuff we're hearing out there um, on every news media channel. Here's my problem with it, Kinsley. I, I think, I'm not saying that it's not real. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be concerned, certainly if you're older or if you have younger, younger kids. Um, by the way, I heard a statistic I was fascinated by. Um, I understand that kids below the age of nine, like I don't think they have any reported cases. I don't know if that's true or not. I have to d dig down on that, but I thought that was interesting. Um, but anyway, they say the majority of people, if you get it, like it's, you know, you can overcome it. China now uh, two days in a row has reported decreased numbers. So I think they're starting to see that slow down if you believe them, right? Um, and so I think that people are gonna get infected, there's no doubt. Um, I think there is a mortality rate that is higher than the flu. I don't think we should not take it seriously, but I think the news nowadays, the more sensational 
the news is. If it bleeds, it leads. Uh, you're going to get the attention. How many times do we see storms and things get blown way out of proportion? Armageddon, biggest snowstorm ever. I think there's an element of that here, and, and and it really bugs me that that stuff happens. So not that it shouldn't be taken seriously. Um, wash your hands, do all the things they're telling you to. But I really believe um, it's being blown out of proportion, and I think it's hurting business. And to our point earlier, bring it back to this industry. Um, it is set up nicely. If you have the ability to sell online, uh, people are going to be staying home and shopping more. Um, so there's that part of it as well. And it's just a reminder of the power of uncertainty. You know, we talked on a previous podcast, maybe I would say three or four months ago, about what could potentially happen in 2020 because of the presidential election. You know, you're going to have the first half of the year where things are relatively stable, so we thought. And then on the back half of the year, all the political advertising and that mosh pit kicked in, creating more uncertainty about who is going to be in charge of the country. Uncertainty a lot of times causes people to hunker down not spend their money. And now here we are in the front half of 2020 with a major event that is full of uncertainty. And I think, I think that's the central issue about what's causing people to really recoil and not kind of live their normal life. Because if you looked at it statistically, um, I think it's about 100,000 illnesses and 3,000 deaths worldwide. So th let's take that number, 3,000 deaths worldwide. Very sad. Compare it, though, to the influenza, so the flu here in the United States. 18,000 deaths in the U.S. this season. So 18,000 deaths from the flu versus 3,000 worldwide from coronavirus. Now, the uncertainty comes from the fact that people don't know how far it's going to spread. <laughs> Uh-oh, he's got a cough. No, I knew you were going to say that. No, I'm fine. I'm Luckily, we're on Skype here. <laughs> well, have, have you seen some of the news reports of people like coughing and then it turns out like the, the guy that was coughing as he was doing a report on coronavirus, they're like later, yeah, that guy had coronavirus. Have you seen that? No, he actually had it. Yeah. So the guys, two, two funny clips, the guy was on camera and I think he's okay. So uh, it's okay to laugh a little bit, but he's on camera talking about coronavirus and all this stuff. And, and he's coughing and whatever. He's like, it's not Corona. I just have a cold or something like that. Turns out he did have Corona. And then this other lady, I think she was with the World Health Organization, totally talking about don't touch your face, don't do whatever, do, do whatever. So she's reading from this book. So she's reading from the book. She licks her finger and turns the page and everyone's like, you just said don't touch your face. So anyway, <laughs> you can find some humor in this, right? It is a, yeah, it is a habit. You know, if you touch your face, you got to turn a page. I can't get the page to turn. What are you going to do? You got to lick your finger and off you go. So yeah, let but, me ask you a question. I think you brought up a really good point, Kensley. It's about uncertainty. So in an uncertain business environment, what what type of business is set up best to handle uncertainty? Can you think of characteristics or traits you're going to need in a business? If the market's uncertain, these are the types of companies that thrive in times of uncertainty. Can you can you think about that? Well, I can think of two right now that would potentially thrive. I'm, I'm thinking of like public bigger companies, but Zoom video communications, Skype, you know, which is part of Microsoft, so may, may not be, uh, they've got bigger um, inputs and, you know, it's a much bigger company, so it's not isolated to that that one technology. But if you're, you know, Zoom video communications and more people are going to be working from home and more companies are going to need to utilize that work from home environment, they could potentially do well. If people that live in big cities don't want to be in gyms 
because going to the gym means being around a lot of people that could potentially expose you to the coronavirus or something else. Peloton, which is the mm-hmm. at-home bicycling setup, like it's a stationary bike with a screen and you have instructors from all over the world. You can pop up and do these workouts. Those are ones that are that are set up for uh, success potentially. And and then I, I just look at, um, you know, from an opportunity standpoint for some people out there, you, you look at who's taking a hit right now and what, you know, what are those companies that could potentially come back? I mean, if, um, if American airlines takes a big hit and they have, did they come back from nine 11? Yes, they did. So you kind of look at some of this stuff and be like, what's going to come back from pre Corona levels. Right. Yeah. And they're but, not going away. And, and I was thinking too, like, like, like personality traits or business skills. And don't you think like the companies that are smaller or any company that is agile, Right. So they push control down into the organization and they can make decisions quickly. Like those types of organizations that can maneuver well are going to be better in times of uncertainty because you have to pivot. Right. So you're going a direction. And if something like this happens, you go, okay, like, what do we do? We got to, you know, let's uh, run some online specials. Let's uh, do something really cool in store to reassure people that, you know, hey, we have hand sanitizer or uh, you know, are people wa- like do some kind of something funny or like are people like wash their hands like 12 times a day? It's required to come in. We're OK. Right. Uh, or whatever you can do to think. You go of, to the uh, uh, all employees must wash hands sign that's in the bathroom. Yes. At times 10. Right, 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 right. But by the way, hey, on that note, it would be a really cool promotion if you could do something around like, hey, this is how clean we are. But I did see on Amazon that a jug of hand sanitizer was going for ninety nine dollars. You should check the prices right now. Like the, the prices are out of control. And if you go to the store in most towns, you can't find hand sanitizer of any of any sort. Now, we have some here at the house, but I went to the store last night just to double check. Stock up. No dice. Yeah, nothing there. You know what we should do? We should private label our own brand of body condoms, right? So you can just climb into one. It's, they're like really big and you just put it on and you can like walk around in airports and stuff and you have no problems. Yeah. Boy in the bubble. What do you think? Yeah, it's just like the boy in the bubble. I like it. But th- this is the point. I I didn't finish it because I didn't want to like stop and say that, you know, there's influenza, which caused, you know, 18,000 deaths last year versus coronavirus, which has only caused 3,000 worldwide. The concern is, number one, whenever somebody coughs, it can be out in the air for like two hours. So it's mm. it's more contagious now. But the people that are susceptible to having real issues are over 60 years old. And, and younger or somebody with um, chronic health issues. So that's the thing, this uncertainty that's swirling around and the fact that it stays in the air longer and there's just uncertainty about what's gonna happen, when it's gonna happen, how far it's gonna spread, how we're gonna get it contained, if they're gonna come up with any type of um, way to treat it. Um, you know, that's so far out that, that you know, already I've seen film festivals for the month of May that have been canceled. So that's two months out. And they're already canceling some of this stuff. So it's having a huge impact on our economy. And I, th- I think, you know, as business owners, we have to look at things and say, okay, these are the constraints that we have. What can we do to be as creative as possible? You know, we talked earlier about the website piece of the puzzle. You know, what, what can you do? And, and so it's not like trying to, you know, be a profiteer off somebody else's no. misfortune. But it, this could have a longer fuse than than we realized initially. And so start thinking about, start preparing, start brainstorming. 
So uh, were you canceling ISPA or were you going to continue to go? Had you made a decision to not go? I was going to go. Me too. I was going to continue going. I was going to go. Yep. Well, anyway, so uh, take care out there. And if you're sick, obviously, um, do what they say. Don't travel and don't uh, be in public spaces. But um, I think we're probably okay. And hopefully uh, it is exactly what they're saying. Some are saying it's going to do and it is curtailed over time. So anyway. Um, in our industry, so there's... The in our industry, there's a there's a business that's really sick, that's been in the trade media and something that we've been talking about behind the scenes, and that's Art Van. Um, and originally, some of the reports that came out were that Art Van was going to file Chapter Seven, and they had already initial uh, they had already started the liquidation process, but that news has changed. It has changed. And so today they've announced a chapter 11 filing. And so uh, anyway, they filed this in Delaware. And so they think they have assets anywhere between 100 million and 500 million. And uh, they have 50,000 to 100,000 creditors. So they think that selling off the assets will actually satisfy the debt that they have. Um, but, you know, everyone kept saying seven, which I thought thought was really odd. But um, and I'm not a bankruptcy attorney, so I don't know the intricacies of both, but um, Chapter 11 would lead you to believe that they're setting themselves up to continue business, but that's not what it sounds like here. Um, they're saying, uh, given continuous uh, decline in profitability, uh, this is Ladd, their chief financial officer, David Ladd, uh, given continuous de uh, decline in profitability and operating challenges over the past years, uh, they are uh, filing. And, you know, what's interesting about all this, Kinsley, to me is you hear a lot of people that are upset by this because it's a money grab. Uh, some people are saying it's a shame because it's just greed and private equity coming in and destroying value in a business. And uh, that's what's really leading to the demise. Um, they had Kinsley in terms of their people. I got to get to the, the stat here, but it was crazy um, in, let's see here if I can find it. Thomas Lee Partners, as you know, came in and bought it. Um, and the creditors now are owed over 60 million. Um, and they've had like, I want to tell you like 11 out of 12 of their top managers uh, within a year of them coming uh, and taking over left the business. And when you hear something like that, it really makes you wonder with some of these private equity guys, I don't know the exact situation with them, but the frustration with others that I'm talking to is how do you not value the intangible asset of a business like the top leaders of that business? Because the top leaders of any company are also where culture is created and where it thrives and it gets pushed down into the organization. And that's a really big deal, mostly for Art Van. If you think about it, these guys were stalwarts. They were some of the best operators in the entire industry. Art um, was beloved in Detroit. All the charity work he did, all the goodwill he had with people because of his heart and, and, the, and the team that he created, uh, the philanthropy that they did, they were about serving their customers in somewhere that was lost and uh, it became a spreadsheet business and people came in and they were managing to the number and it just, you know, a lot, lot of people saying it, you know, kind of ruined everything. So what have you been hearing? Have you ever heard of private equity getting involved in the mattress industry and screwing it up? Um, once or twice. Yeah. 
once or twice. You know, it. I was sent, uh, you know, that clip from Gordon Gecko. Mm-hmm. And in the in the movie, he basically has to tell this young guy, he's like, "Why did you do it? You know why? You know why did you torpedo the business?" And he's like, "Because it was torpedoable." Because he could. Because I could. Because the business. Because I could do that to the business and profit handsomely from it. And the business was structured in such a way that. You could leverage it to the hilt and just screw up the whole business, but walk away with a with a tidy profit. And so we, we hear this time and time again in the industry, and I mean it. It's just become part of the cadence, it seems like. But it, you, you know, whenever private equity gets involved, purchases a business, and this isn't always the case. So I don't want to make some big blanket statement, but so often we have uh, case study after case study where cost cutting your way to success. Um, mergers, the destruction of culture um, leads down a very rocky path. Well, these guys got big eyes. They went into Chicago, very tough market, very expensive real estate. And when you're sometimes success can be the wor- your worst enemy, right? We've heard that before. But, you know, Art Van um, was so good uh, in their major markets and they expanded into pure sleep. And so they did some pretty natural you know, you know, like extensions of their business into a sleep shop concept, which I think is pretty dang smart. And then they franchised, started franchising some of that. But then they tried to go into the Chicago market and it drained them of cash. They did not have success there right away. And it was very difficult. By the way, that stat was from 2017 to 2018, eight of its nine top leaders left the business. So can you think about that for a second? If eight of your, if you had a company and Kinsley, let's say in, in the Englander organization, eight of the top nine people um, running the business out there, um, selling to people, like left, like, wh- like, like that is, how do you overcome that? That is so big and such a problem. Uh, but anyway, it happened. So it just, it, it makes me angry. It frustrates me for the people because look how many people are out of work now um, at Art Van. Look at the people who built that business over years. Um, over the years to become something special and unique and important to the the people in the, the, the town of Detroit and other places. So it's, it's just tragic. And I, I, I've grown up knowing Art Van. I know people that have worked there. And uh, to see them go down is very disheartening. So it's, it's also a call for the rest of us to just go, okay, make sure your house is in order and make sure you're healthy and make sure you value the right things. And people are a big part of that. So and, and you look at the timeline here, and people are a big part of it. And here's here's the good news from some folks out there. Number one, you could have a kind of a core group of people that reorganize, and and who knows what's going to happen on the back end of this, and it could come out you know healthier than ever before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but beyond that, you know, you got a lot of good people that are going to be looking for work and extremely talented people. But I just want to establish like one pin in the map here in terms of timeline. Thomas H. Lee Partners purchased Art Van for $550 million in the year 2017. So two years later, all of this unravels. Two years. Well, you know, Fazio went recently and took over as CEO. Um, They probably brought him in too late, obviously, um, because, you know, it is where it is. When Thomas Lee bought it, it had 113 stores, uh, and it sold for about $612 million. And so I don't know. We just, just gave uh, two different stats there. 
Oh, did we? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Furniture Today I was, has it at 550. I was not paying attention to you because I was reading this to try to feed some more data out there. But what were you saying? What is the conflict? Uh, Furniture Today said that the private equity group uh, bought them for 550. Oh, okay. Well, let's listen to Furniture Today because these guys at the Detroit News probably don't know what they're talking about. We know Furniture Today is, you know, solid. So let's right? call it, we'll call it in the middle, somewhere around 580. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We know it was Bob I. Thomas, like we got that part right. But I mean, when you when you look at the the lay of the land here, you have a lot of real estate, and you have a lot of um, brand equity in these marketplaces. You have some areas that they went in too fast, too hard. They changed the branding on some of the um, some of the stores that weren't Art Van. So maybe there's some dead skin you can shed there. Uh, but there's a lot of there's a lot of like intangible equity here that is established in these marketplaces. So I wouldn't be surprised if that now it, now that it is chapter 11 and not chapter seven, like was originally reported, chapter seven pretty much, it means like, let's pull up the tent stakes, sell everything off right. and close the, the business. But you can do what, a group can come in chapter 11 and basically do a stocking horse bid and purchase right. the company for a big reduction. Um, so. We'll keep our eye on it and we'll keep reporting on it. Hey, go over to Facebook for us, if you would. What are you hearing in your marketplaces? Are you in some of the areas of the country that Art Van serves? What did you hear behind the scenes leading up to it? What are you hearing is going to happen now? What's the sentiment from consumers? Tell us on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Dos Marcos podcast. And if anybody at Art Van, um, you know, reach out to us. Um, you can go to Mattress Industry Executives on LinkedIn. Uh, there's over 5,000 members. And if you're with Art Van and you need some help finding a new spot, go on and uh, give a shout out to the people in the industry. It's a great place to go. You can bounce on it. Oh, oh. What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get. Visco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Cool and comfortable, hybrid like a sweater vest. You know the game, we're ahead of the sun. Cause the two of us together are way better than one. Cause I'm cool. And I'm hot like a heater Bounce by the ounce Now, now we, we got, got it by the leader Well you take a spring And you wrap it up right uh -huh. You can sleep so smooth The bounce all night yeah. Put two together Get a whole lot more Get yeah. the feel of the comfort core You can bounce on it Lay back You don't have to practice It's the best thing to happen To your mattress Get together to do it like I did Everybody get hybrid if you want somebody to get in your vicinity, you probably want to feel a little bit of a hybridity. Foam alone, out of five, maybe one star. Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar. Mad back support, the best way to shack up or just get rest that won't mess your back up. Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist or a mullet. Party in the back of the business. Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus. The ultimate hybrid. Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of the comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, foam keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get hybrid Hybrid
right? Listen, doesn't matter if your kitchen is charming When your bedroom's the most important part of the apartment What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl wanna chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no! You need springs and foam Cause if that bowling ball don't bounce You'll be sleeping alone And if the bed don't react Then you can't get low we got that type of bounce that won't spill your Merlot So stick with us and you'll get rewarded Cause I'm so gentle And I'm so supportive Hybrid is where the magic is And we just killed a song about mattresses